Coming up on HIDMT, Tesla gobbles up more land in Texas for a possible new headquarters, more mounting evidence is provided about the financial viability of electric vehicles, and Walmart Canada leads all others in Tesla semi orders. Welcome to How I Got My Tesla, the podcast of Indeterminate Link for Saturday, October 3rd, 2020, episode 10 in Ottawa, Ontario. I'm Matt Wilson. Let's start off with a few Tesla things you should know. So what do you do to follow up on a 2,100-acre land deal in Texas? Well, according to teslarati.com, you buy more land. That's right, just like eating hot dogs, one land purchase is just not enough for Tesla. An additional 380 acres of land adjacent to the 2,100-acre plot was purchased by Tesla last week for the possibility of additional battery cell production. TorqueNews.com also mentions that an additional mobile concrete batch plant has been set up in close proximity to the Megapad. Torque News also suggests that the additional land grab could very well be for a new headquarters for Tesla. Well, regardless of the end use for this land, seriously, just how much land does Tesla need? Tesla has claimed a large section of Austin to be their personal playground for all things EV. In an effort to reduce transit time for raw materials for battery cells, Tesla is looking to have a lithium hydroxide refinery set up somewhere in Texas, possibly close to Austin. InsideEVs.com has a way too complicated for me to decipher article on how the raw material spodamine will be sourced from a multi-year deal with Piedmont Lithium. The article has a press release from Piedmont Lithium regarding the expected output from their mine in North Carolina. Spodamine is typically mined in Australia and refined in China, so this will be the first time it will be refined in North America. The ultimate success of Tesla's new 4680 cells will be heavily dependent on developing new technologies to reduce the overall cost of each cell by 56% while minimizing the impact to the environment. A recent question brought on my wife had me wondering the same question too, just how much can you save driving an all-electric vehicle versus an internal combustion engine? Well, thanks to electric.co, I could have an answer. Kazi Imam wrote in to discuss his 2018 long-range Model 3 with over 100,000 miles, that's miles, not kilometers, on it in just over two years. Kazi had logged around $4,700 in expenses, which includes $3,000 in electricity and $1,200 in tires. The remaining $500 were spent on wiper blades, wheel alignment, and a brake bleed. Compared to a comparable BMW 3 Series, getting to 100,000 miles would cost over $8,000 in gas alone. The story also goes into various issues experienced with the Model 3 and Tesla's service. I've already sent this article to my wife, and I heavily suggest that you check it out too. This kind of savings has got to have the attention of service departments in traditional dealerships. Well, thanks to InsideEVs.com and YouTube's bearded Tesla guy, I now have something to think about when it comes to either leasing or purchasing a Tesla. Thanks to the incredibly low depreciation of a Model 3, it actually may make more sense to purchase a Model 3 and sell it after three years rather than leasing it from Tesla directly for three years and walking away with basically nothing. So check out the link below and watch the video from Bearded Tesla Guy. He goes over real-world expenses for a Model 3 and supposes that the Model Y could follow a similar trajectory. He also goes into different examples with a Model S and a Model X, both of which have a much higher rate of depreciation, but still lower than industry depreciation rates. So again, check out the links below, particularly if you're looking to lease a Model 3 or a Model Y just to get a lower monthly payment. You could see yourself ahead at the end of three years if you decide to purchase and then sell after three years. 
Fleet managers should take a hard look at the InsideEVs.com story where the Bargersfield Police Department in Indiana has provided the actual cost of operating and maintaining a Model 3 versus a typical Dodge Charger. Although the Model 3 was initially more expensive over the Charger, the difference in price can easily be covered within the first year and a half of operation. Now, the tricky part with dealing with fleet purchases is that typical fleet tenders cannot weed out all other electric vehicles and have the Model 3 or the Model Y left as the only option. Sole sourcing a Tesla might be easily done as a demonstration operation, but expanding beyond the demonstration and rolling out Model 3s or Model Ys in greater numbers poses issues for municipalities with their purchasing rules and bylaws. And thanks to the operation of Gigafactory Shanghai, Tesla's third quarter numbers are in and are substantially higher than they were the same time last year. Tesla shipped over 139,000 vehicles for the third quarter this year, compared to 97,000 at the same time last year and 83,500 in 2018. Wired.com has a story in which Tesla is described to have a deliverable vehicle target of 500,000 for 2020. So far, Tesla would need to deliver over 180,000 more vehicles to hit this target. Admittedly, reaching the 500,000 delivered vehicle target is going to be very tough for Tesla to reach, considering the shutdown of Gigafactory Shanghai in the first quarter and Fremont was shut down in the second quarter. Thanks to a story from CNET.com, Walmart Canada has increased their orders for the Tesla Semi from an initial 15 to a whopping 130. The increase in orders are part of an overall $2.6 billion investment to reduce carbon emissions in Canada. With 130 Tesla Semis, Walmart Canada has become the number one single source for orders, followed by UPS at 125 being ordered. Drivers in cold weather climates have had to deal with issues with the charge port being frozen shut. Well, thanks to an over-and-air update, this issue may have been resolved by Tesla by enabling the charge port heater. That said, not all Model 3s may have the necessary hardware to enable this feature. Particularly if you took ownership of a Model 3 before March 2020, you should look at the release notes. It was not until the Model Y was being produced this past year in March that the heater was included in both the Model 3 and Model Y. Model S and Model X owners should have this feature enabled in a later software release. So check out the articles by both InsideEVs.com and Electric.co for more information. So let's take a look at Gigafactory Texas and thanks again to Jeff Roberts and his daily drone footage. It would appear that more GeoPier work and concrete footings are underway towards the south end of Building 3. A total of 19 poured concrete footings are now in place. There's also final leveling compaction towards the northeast of the Megapad, and groundwork is continuing to the east where a large work area has been established for a few weeks. There are large areas of excavations within the Megapad area. I'm not exactly sure what these are for, possibly an expected lower level for Building 3. And that should pretty much do it for the 10th episode of How I Got My Tesla. Um, I think I'll probably give you a quick little update uh, Visitors to my website have probably noticed that it has gone stagnant. There hasn't really been any updates, particularly in the um, tracking section of how uh, how I'm progressing towards a Tesla. Uh, that's because uh, we currently have two vehicles right now. Uh, one's coming off lease, I think, in May of 2021. And the second one is going off lease at the uh, beginning of September 2022. So we still have two vehicles, so I can't really devote any money towards a Tesla right now until one of those vehicles is uh, out of our driveway. So we're going to try and reduce our vehicles down to one when um, the, the Ford Escape that we have goes back to Ford 
at uh, in May 2021. Hopefully what I can do is I can take the money that has been set aside for that lease and just squirrel it away in a, in a, in a bank account um, until the fall of 2022. Hopefully I'll have enough money to offset the previous um, $14,000 rebate that was offered by the Ontario government a couple of years ago. Hopefully I'll have enough money set aside that it'll actually make sense financially to purchase uh, either a Model 3 or Model Y um, around that time. So I'm looking at maybe finalizing this towards the end of 2022. And I know that seems like really far away, but uh, it's one thing that I've learned is that time goes by really quickly uh, whenever you have a certain goal in front of you. So uh, it may seem like a far away target right now, but I know that you know tw- uh, the fall of 2022 really uh, comes by really quick. It's not going to take very much time to get to that point. So yeah, I think that's what the plan is. Uh, return uh, the Ford Escape in the spring of next year and take that money that we would have spent on that lease and um, just save it and put it towards uh, a down payment, a pretty hefty down payment on a Model 3 or a Model Y. I'm kind of looking at a Model Y for myself because um, you know I'm six six three six four, and uh, I want to be able to kind of sit in the vehicle pretty comfortably. I did sit in a Model 3 for a little while when I took a trip down to Montreal a few years ago. Uh, to visit their showroom and I didn't have any problems uh, fitting into uh, the Model 3 but um, if possible I'd like to get into some sort of a Model Y but you know as the passage of time progresses you know priorities change too so we never know exactly what's going to happen so that's what I'm that's what we're shooting for so I think every 10 episodes uh, I'll give you a quick little update on what's going on with uh, you know the uh, the trek towards some sort of a Tesla. And uh, as for the website, if anyone has any ideas uh, what I could include on the website to to make it more, uh, you know, update it a little bit more often, feel free to uh, send me an email at howigotmytesla at gmail.com. And I'll uh, I'll see if I can, um, you know, somehow incorporate it into the website. So hashtag for this episode, let's try hashtag Tesla 10. T-E-N, and the overall hashtag for this episode is hashtag H-I-G-M-T, and like I said previously, if you have any feedback for me, feel free to throw me an email at howigotmytesla at gmail.com, and you can always watch my progress towards a Tesla by visiting howigotmytesla.com, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram simply by searching for How I Got My Tesla. So thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by Matt Wilson and hosted by Squarespace. Music for this episode is Cascade by Cubby.